Good evening, good evening, and welcome to the Positional Sports Talk Show post. Live streaming on Facebook Live, Twitch, and our Positional Sports Talk Show YouTube channel. We are a sports talk show that's made for the fans, from the perspective of fans, presented by lifelong sports fans. We will provide our opinions and positions on the hottest topics in sports this evening. My name is Big Reg, and I'm joined by my partners in crime. What's going on, J3? How you feeling this evening, my brother? Well, well, well. Welcome back, everybody. Glad to be here. Let's get it in. <laughs> we also got my man Ed in the building. What's going on, Ed? How you feeling, my brother? I feel sore. I'm <laughs> 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 all good. How's everybody doing tonight? That's good. Good, 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 good. And shout out to Professor Jay, who's in the background running the show as normal. We appreciate you, Professor Jay, and want everybody to know you're still with us. And you never know, he might pop in, you know, if a topic, you know, hits his funny bone, he may pop himself in. And we also may be joined by Jay Will a little, little later in the show if he can get in. So this evening, we're going to talk about, got to hit the NBA playoffs. Uh, they starting mm. to get good. Mm -hmm. Got to recap mm -hmm. UFC 263, update the NHL playoffs, boxing. Uh, I mentioned it last week, boxing is starting to get hot. It's going to be a big summer for boxing. They're trying to catch up, catch back up with the UFC. So we talk about the upcoming fight cards this weekend and a couple of things that's going to happen. Some other topics that caught our attention. And, of course, our final post of the evening. So we, as usual, we appreciate you tuning in. We want you to sit back and relax and enjoy post on the Positional Sports Talk Show channel. All right, fellas. When we talked last week, we 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 were looking at the Brooklyn Nets and Milwaukee Bucks, and what Brooklyn did to Milwaukee was just they embarrassed them for two games. Let's be real. Game one, Harden went down in the first minute, and everybody said, like, uh-oh, and then they spanked them. And then game two was even worse. They made Milwaukee just look embarrassed. Well, things have changed a little bit in that series. <laughs> Let's hold on a little bit. Uh, Milwaukee went home and decided, you know what, they wasn't going to just lay down. Can I, can, I, can I interject real quick? So is it me or does it seem like I don't know. Does it seem like the refs just ain't calling it on both ends of the court? Because I'm telling you, I truly believe they're not calling fouls on, on the Nets like they should be. I mean, on the Bucks like they should be. Because Kevin Durant was getting beat up, and he wasn't getting no calls. None. But if you're calling it the same on both ends, because let's, let's be real, the Nets were getting physical with teams as well. Not, not KD. But all those others that are running around, they've been bumping people, Middleton, Giannis, and all that. So if, if they want to call it tight, then they got to call it tight on both ways. Or would you hey, rather so them let them play? Let them play because it, it's ridiculous. I'm telling you. I, I just think they, they, they didn't want to see a blowout. They wanted to see a seven-game series. So they just, you know, tilted the edge just a little bit so that the Bucks can get their confidence up because they definitely got their confidence up. And P.J. Tucker – this dude trying to dag on punk KD, and I don't like. <laughs> they boys. That's the funny part about it. They I were know. roommates at Texas, so I'm he saying. knows Kevin better than almost anybody. And they made a concerted effort 
to get up in KD and Kyrie. Because they did the same thing to Kyrie. People just ain't talking about it. They got real physical with Kyrie starting in game three and continued in game four. So they changed, they made a strategical move to change up the flow and just not let the Nets run around. If you let the Nets run around and be free-flowing, they're going to kill you. Kill Jay, Wills, Jay Wills, what you think about that, bro? And welcome to the show. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Good to see everybody. It's been um, so long. It's been so long. We miss you, bro. Wow. And I can't say the whole time that my life is not mine. It's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was in control, but you know, I'm learning. I'm learning as I go. Oh, yeah. Um, PJ Tucker, though, he definitely has been playing some disruptive defense. I love a cat like PJ Tucker. It's great that he also knows about you on a personal level, KD. That also benefits us greatly, but you're you know your role. Uh, <clears throat> you don't complain about your role. You're willing to use all six files. You're actually a person that reads tape because he know what side you favor. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you like to pull up for your jumper. He's mm-hmm. actually a statistician. He knows what he's doing when he's on the floor. That's how he's happened to master his role. And if he does a good job on KD for the rest of the series. I see a real opportunity for him with another team probably picking up a big money contract on a team. Not not necessarily big, big money, but I would definitely bring the guy in knowing that he knows his role. He's willing to do the dirty work. And from time to time, you'll knock down the corner three for me. Mm-hmm. So that works out for me. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Three. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I watched all these game fours, right? Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Phoenix, Denver. Philly, uh, Atlanta, Utah, LA uh, Clippers. And I've come to a decision where the NBA game has changed. And I don't like what I'm seeing. It's soft. They they, they, they just soft. I mean, I don't like what I'm seeing. So before I get into that, let me let me go back. I I agree with you 100 percent, J3. And I think that's that's what's plagued the NBA for decades now is that the referees, not the players dictate the tempo of the game mm-hmm. it's unfortunate but it's true and anytime i watch the nba game whether it's the playoffs or the regular season but particularly the playoffs i'm always leery as far as how the game is going to be called and whether or not we're getting a legitimate game right and i'm not making this up there's a history there's a there's a there's a there's a documented history of the referees having way too much control over games but getting back to what I was saying about the about the games, the, these particular games fours, and, and and what stuck out to me, um, particularly with the Utah and the um, the Milwaukee game. So let let's go back to the since we're talking about the Milwaukee game first. I did not like that game at all. Yes, the net, the Milwaukee won, although Kyrie went out with an injury. We all knew he was going to get injured at some point during this playoffs. These playoffs, we just didn't know when. I didn't wish that on the man. It's just that you knew at some point Kyrie was going to have some bumps and bruises, and it just so happened when he came down on Giannis's uh, ankle or, or foot, and that was it. Um, and that might spell doom if Harden can't come back mm-hmm. um, to the to the series. But but getting back to the, the, what I what I was what I was observing in all these game fours, what stuck out clear. There's two. The game is either dunk. Or three point, the art the 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 mid range games have all but evaporated except for Phoenix. A Phoenix, mm-hmm. Chris Paul 
controlled the tempo of, the, of that particular series and, and that game. And I actually saw a mid-range, you know, a mid-range game, you know. But as far as getting uh, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, out of all their shots they took, 53% of their shots was three-pointers. 53 that's I don't want to see that. That's you know that that that's not to me. That's okay. I can shoot a three. Okay, next you, you can shoot a three. And and if you look at the percentages for that game, Milwaukee ne- didn't necessarily shoot good. I think for the game, they were like a, a 40, you know, 40%, something like that, maybe a little bit above it, but it was around that. But every game 53% of their game, their shots they took was a three-pointer. Analytics. But, yeah, but don't but don't forget though, the claw. He gets in the in the mid range too, so don't yeah. sleep on on, on, on Kawhi because he'll pull up in a heartbeat. He ain't sitting behind no three point line. He'll no, but I did. Whole- but I did see Kawhi jacking up threes. I saw I saw people that should not be shooting threes shooting. Giannis shooting threes. Um, yeah. um, Joel Embiid. All these big dudes are shooting three pointers. Like I say, I know that's the game. I know that's where where we are right now. But to me, it just it, it 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 diminishes the game to me. It's 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 not an exciting game no more. And you talk about people playing defense. You know Tucker playing defense. Well, he might have been the only one <laughs> <laughs> because I, I don't see nobody. I don't see no hard fouls. I know we'll get to the Denver game in a minute. As far as you know, you know a flagrant what what constitutes a flagrant foul or not. Mm. But it just doesn't seem like playoff basketball to me. Now yeah. I I did see KD going through some things. He he. He was getting bumped and bruised, and, and I would that would be my strategy against him too, obviously. But um it, it's just yeah, I I'm not I'm I'm not impressed. And I I'm not really impressed with Milwaukee. I know Milwaukee won the last two two um games, but reffing. Reffing. I just call yeah, it reffing. I'm, I'm not sold on him. It the the issue is the, people say the NBA is soft. But when the referees allow them to be physical, then people say you ain't calling fouls. You can't have it both ways. Agreed. Call a right damn game, and we ain't got to worry about it. As long as they call the the that game the same way for both teams, I don't have a problem with whichever way they call it. If they want to be tight, and you call it tight on both ends, that's fine. The players are supposed to be able to adjust. If you're going to let them be physical, that's fine. Then you got to figure out how to play through stuff. Just do it on both ends, and they're not doing that. I disagree. I think they were calling it. I think they were letting it be physical on both sides because Giannis gets beat up all the time, and he, he doesn't does. get quite as many calls as people think. But because he's going to the basket and he's big, they allow people to smack on him all the time. And he also so. walks a lot too, and they don't call it. Everybody NBA wall. Come on, J3. Stop it. I'm just, Stop it. If you're going to call the game, call the game. That's all did y'all, did y'all see Seth Curry in the last game do a step back to the three-point line and then pass the ball and then call yep. the ball? Exactly. <laughs> Officiating is terrible. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Call it mm-hmm. on both ends. But Brooklyn, Brooklyn is, like I said, Brooklyn is in trouble, man. If Kyrie can't come back. And if Harden's, we don't know how bad Harden's hamstring is. I don't. I haven't heard a peep. Actually, like a, I don't even they, know if he's practicing yet. No, they say he's going to attempt to play tonight. That that came out late this afternoon that he's going to give it a try and try to warm up, which I think is a bad idea. And if he's not, if he's not close to a hundred percent, 
He's already re-injured that thing multiple times this season. Why would you bring him back? If he's going to try to come back and save the series, he might as well rest another two days Yeah, and try to come back to game six than try to come back tonight. I agree. So, I so agree. It, it, if Kyrie ain't coming back this this series. If y'all saw the way he that his whole ankle laid on the side on the court after stepping on Giannis' foot, unless he's a magic healer, which we have never heard Kyrie. And remember, Kyrie had ankle problems previous. Right. I can't see him getting back to this series. So unless Harden, in my opinion, unless Harden can get back and be 80% of what he was or better, mm. I think Milwaukee wins this. Mm. Which it's the whole theme of, of this NBA playoffs. It's more like NFL, where it's a true NFL is always survival of the fittest. Whichever team generally comes in the healthiest at the playoffs and makes it through to the Super Bowl tends to win. It seems to be this way this year. The NBA is survival of the fittest because we're going to move on to the next series. Talk about the 76ers against the Hawks. Mm, man. The Sixers were blowing Atlanta, Atlanta off out. the court Yep, in the yep. second quarter. And then your boy Joel tweaked that knee, went into the back. I was like, uh-oh. uh-oh. Here's, here's Philly's problem. Here's Philly's problem. Man, as far as my little untrained eye could tell. And I and you know, I'm a big supporter of Ben Simmons. I've been screaming that for, for, for years. I don't know why. But ben, but Ben Simmons might be an all defensive player. He might and he might be you know been a candidate for all defensive player of the year this year. But he's a liability. Yep. Because when Joe M B Joe M B, he's their clear number one. And personally, I don't think he's in shape. But again, he's their clear number one. I know he's dealing with a knee injury right now. Seth Curry cannot be your number two option. Nor could, uh, nor can, um, to, what is it? Tobias, Tobias Harris. Tobias, Tobias Harris, Harris is supposed to be the number two. He right. can, Tobias is a number three to four at best. He played good. If he's your time. number two option on the team, you're going to lose. Yeah, because Ben mm-hmm. Simmons doesn't even attempt to shoot. At like, if, if he's not driving to the hole or making it or making a, a play in the paint as far as, um, going towards the basket, they don't even guard him. You know right. who he reminds me of? When uh when uh Rondo first came in the league, he didn't shoot either. All he did was distribute the ball. Nobody really played defense on him because you knew he wasn't gonna be no threat. And that's what he reminds me of. The issue is last night's game, he wasn't even distributing the ball in the second half. Mm-hmm. He was just like standing in the corner, yeah. like he was afraid to shoot and get involved. Like and in the previous game, in game three, Doc went to him at halftime and said, look, I need you to get aggressive on offensive end. And he scored like 12 points in the second half of game three. And then all of a sudden, he just, you know, hey, I, I almost got a triple-double. I did my job. <laughs> I roughed up Trey. They, you talking about roughing somebody up. Yep. Simmons and Thibel are beating Trey Young up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but see, the problem is, Trey Young, he's surrounded with better. Now it might not be known talent, but I think that Trey Young's talent 
level as far as Atlanta's team. Like they they just have better players than than Philly. Is it that, or do they just have a more of a, a confidence in their game type of uh, atmosphere? Because I mean, you got some of them players that, that he's playing with. I mean, at best, they're average, above average. So I mean, I just think that their confidence level is is where it needs to be for them to be productive. What you, you got? You got an all star caliber shooter in Trey Young, but to Ed's point, Atlanta offense is allowed to flow because everybody would at least take a shot. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's the big thing. In the playoffs, everything slows down. When Ben Simmons is not going to – you already know he's not going to shoot. Yep. So you don't – you already forced to play help defense. I might as well not pick you up after half court unless I see you <laughs> driving to the lane to poster somebody. So I can just – I'll rather sag back and look for Tobias Harris because he's your number two. And where's Seth Curry? I'd rather, I'd rather drop back on defense and completely interrupt the flow of offense that you've been able to benefit from throughout the entire regular season. But now the pressure's on. They're focusing in on you. Mm-hmm. And like you've always said, man, I love Ben Simmons. He's a great defensive player. Uh, he has um, a lot of energy. He plays with a lot of spunk. But when it comes down to it, especially with the refs, like you all say, not calling the game the way it's supposed to, <laughs> like my man J3 says, if they're not going to call the foul, that means you got to hit the shot. That's what they're not calling fouls for, so scoring can increase. Mm-hmm. So Simmons is not even playing into the way the team should play or the way the NBA actually wants the game to be viewed. I've never seen a guy completely ice cold from the three-point line, the uh, foul line, 12 foot, 8 foot. It's unreal. And, and I'm not so I don't understand why a coach hasn't been spazzing and getting on this man about this, knowing that I'm going to need you to take a shot just to make them play honest and open up everything for us on the offensive end. It blows my mind. But they have been spazzing. I think what Doc is trying to do is Doc is trying to take pressure off of them by saying, Ben, just play your game. Run the team. Distribute the ball. If you have a layup, take a layup. If you want to drive, drive. But other than that, all you got to do is be you. Don't worry about scoring. I, we, we let the big fella score. We got Curry. Uh, we, we got scores. You don't have to be a score on this team. Now, because Embiid's knee, and all y'all said that Embiid wasn't going to make it through the series. Everybody mm-hmm. said that but me. I, I mm-hmm. thought he was going to tough it out. He's got to score 20 points plus now. He's got to be aggressive, which means he's got to be willing to go to the foul line and shoot 25% or less because they're going to hack him every time he go to put pressure on Atlanta. Because if he doesn't do that, Trey Young, Trey Young might be the smartest third-year player in the NBA this year because his adjustment that he made from game three to game four when they were attacking and harassing him, the first half, he tried a few shots and it wasn't off. Did y'all notice Trey Young just started running the show and he had like 12, 13 assists in the first half? He got everybody else going. Right. And then he got himself going in the second half just enough. He's not scoring 30, but I can get you in the 20s. I'm going to get my free throws. I'm going to get 8 to 12 free throws. So that's going to give me 8 to 10 points there. I can score another 10 points on a couple of baskets. I still get 20. But he ended up with, what, 17 assists? But that's the difference between him and Ben. That's what we're saying. He will shoot if he has to 
or if he wants to. Ben Simmons ain't shooting. No, and but and 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 like I said, if you look at Philly's team, and and a shout out to Dwight Howard because even though Dwight can't score like um, Joe Embiid. Actually, I think he actually played a good game for it. Any, I mean, he actually had some hustle points for I what he does, rebounds. You know, plays a, a little bit. You know, but anyway, if you look at Philly, they don't have once. It, it was like clear once Embiid left, who was going to hit the shot? Like I said, Curry, bless him. They did. He does start, but Curry is the bench. He should be. A, he should be. A, number one or two off the bench. He should not be your starting shooting guard. It, sh- it shouldn't be. Um, but he can shoot. I mean, no one else on the team really can shoot. I mean, think about it. I, I can't be another shooter on Philly's team but him. Confident. I mean, they, they brought in the dude um, off the bench and had him act like he was Lou Will. He was even bringing the ball up, shooting every time. Oh, I can't think of his name right now, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, I didn't see Lou Will in the Is his name Sakem? No, 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 no. I can't think. Of, I can't think of his name. But he 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 scored like eight points in a row, like late third, early fourth, mm-hmm. and they was trying to make him the go-to player on offense. Milton, Shake Milton. Appreciate that, Professor. Yeah, because. I was like, what did you, when did he become Lou? Mm-hmm. Instant offense off the bench. But, yeah, they got they got problems. They're going to have to get in the Ben's head. And it's a mental thing with Ben. Ben yep. can shoot. He's not a great shooter. But I don't know if it's because of the way he was brought up in the Australian Basketball League because he was a, a baby when he started playing pro over there. And they used to get on him about shooting. That he's just mentally, he's not – Hey, I don't need to shoot to contribute to the game. No confidence, man. He don't have no confidence in this shot. That's so before before we move on, y'all still y'all still taking uh uh the Hawks in five or six? Well, it's got to be six now. Yeah, y'all three of y'all still got. Jay Wills wasn't with us last week. Uh, J three, uh, Ed and the professor Jay Wills all said the Hawks in six or seven. That they, they all said Philly was going to lose this. Series because they said Embiid wasn't gonna make it through. I'm gonna take the. (laughs) (laughs) Because Philly should do it. They should. They should. They should. They should. But Atlanta, it looked like Trey's up for the task at hand. I like his attitude. It, It seemed like nothing bothers him. You can say whatever. You could do whatever. You could even spit on the man. The man not even gonna overreact. So yeah. For the confidence alone, uh, I'm gonna take Atlanta. I hear you. I hear but they you. shouldn't. They shouldn't though. Philly should be running away with this. They should. Like I said last week, Atlanta win this series. I know Doc just got there. Doc might lose his job. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Mm-mm. Atlanta win this series. Doc might lose his job. Man, I don't see that happening. You gotta give him another, at least another year and some more time. And you took them to the playoffs? Come on, man. Mm-hmm. They got to the playoffs last the previous years. They trying to win the championship. Playoffs? Playoffs? Can't <laughs> worry about no playoffs. They trying to win the championship. Come on. I think they're gonna give him another chance. He can't. They one and done. You can't fire him after one year. Mm-mm. Okay. Mm-mm. Let's look at the Western Conference, and we got to shout out CP3. Yes. 
They have won six games in a row. That shoulder healed a little bit, and it looks like it's getting healthier and healthier each game. He is doing his thing. And, I mean, Phoenix is the healthiest team in the playoffs right now. They're playing the best team ball of anybody. Uh And what Chris Paul did in game four, he knew that his young fellas were a little tight, so he took over in game 37 Uh and let everybody know, hey, don't forget, I can still drop 40 if I need to. I just don't feel I have to. So shout out to CP3 and the Phoenix Suns. Well, the referees actually actually helped Phoenix win this particular game um, by 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 calling that horrendous. I mean, horrendous flagrant two. What was it? Flagrant one. Mm-hmm. Flagrant two is what they did on on um on the Joker. Oh, yep. How do you kick out the MVP of the league for a graze? It wasn't even a full. It, he didn't slap him in his head. It was a. Did you? I'm talking about the the, the foul. He, he, he hit him. He hit him. He hit him with the. Crux of his arm as he was coming down. Right. It that was not to me, that was not intentional. It wasn't, it wasn't anything. Oh, that, it was intentional. He meant to foul him. But he, <laughs> it, 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 yeah, he meant to foul him. It was just a regular fight. It was just a nice hard playoff foul. That's, was it was it a hard foul, or do you think he just gave up and, and, and wanted to get out of the game because he knew well, he I don't win. think he gave up, but I will say this about, about Denver with Jamal Murray off that team. I don't care if they have, you know, Michael Porter Jr., Barton, you know, whatever, who, all these other guys. Um, look, without Jamal Murray, the Joker basically has to do everything. Of course, he, he's been doing everything all year, pretty much. But it's playoff time, and he's and the level of competition done done got cranked up. Mm. He can't do it all. He was just basically by himself. Mm-hmm. Like Austin Rivers was out of control. <laughs> you know, he was out of control. Michael he wasn't Porter, even in the league two months ago. <laughs> Michael, well, still, he got some pedigree. He got a little pedigree to him. But he shouldn't and, be playing major minutes in the playoffs. Well, right. his, his his brother-in-law playing in Philadelphia, major minutes. It's the same, right. you know. Right. So, I mean, he ain't as good as his brother-in-law. Let's stop that. Oh, stop. please. Oh, okay. Well, they're about the they're, they're equally they're equally bench player caliber. Anyway, anyway, Michael Porter, he look. I don't know if he needs some more seasoning. He definitely needs the weight room. Um, he Joker has he has nobody to help him. He's by himself. He can't yep. beat he can't beat Phoenix by himself. Nope. But as the MVP, shouldn't he get at least one? Shouldn't the MVP be able to get one game? Yeah, they, he was well on his way to getting one game until that referee said, uh, we're not having that today. Uh-huh. Which he's supposed to as a ref. Because it was a close game. I think it was right. like a three-point game at the time. It was, uh-huh. it was a close game. And then he got out. That was that was a wrap. You, I mean, that was a wrap. It was over. That veteran leadership that CP3 has definitely brought <laughs> is going to carry them. Ooh, I'm sorry, guys. My alarm that's the alarm for the crib because I don't diaper. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, Utah Jazz, they definitely needed Jamal Murray. I think Phoenix definitely Phoenix both needs CP3 like Utah needs Jamal Murray. They're the individuals that run the offense. Michael Porter Jr., he's a great shooter. 
But right now, he's young. He's an accent piece. You know, Jamal Murray knows how to set him up. You got guys that can um, gather attention from other players on the court, like Nikola Jokic, who can force a double team. And see, that frees up with Michael Porter Jr. Now that you got Michael Porter Jr. possibly getting the the ball right off the point guard as soon as he get, comes across half court and trying to set up his own shot, that's not necessarily, I won't say his strong suit, but he may not be necessarily comfortable with that yet. So they're moving, they're, they lost their major ball handler. But as far as the Phoenix Suns 4-0, that is the, the nicest offense. The flow of their offense is beautiful to me. We They get to feature my man Devin Booker, uh, who got a thousand moves. Um, shoots the ball pretty well. He can definitely develop his ball handling a little bit, but I'm I'm happy that my man is finally getting the shine. Most of the NBA has been seeing this young guy, young guy grind passionately for years. It, it took getting that one piece to help orchestrate everything because Devin Booker has never been a voicey individual. I never I never thought him to be the type that was going to go into the locker room, demand respect. And y'all need to follow me. A guy like CP3 comes along, gets everybody to tighten up. Him and Aiton, their center, has a nice, uh, 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 they have a nice relationship. It kind of reminds me of Wall and Gortat. They just flowed well together. They knew where each other were, and they knew um, how to play good one-two basketball. So I'm expecting a lot out of the, out of the uh, Phoenix Suns. And CP3 basically slapped the whole league back in his face. They was trying to push him out. They kept bouncing this man around. Uh, he was possibly the problem in Houston. OKC doesn't necessarily see a future with him. Shipped off here, shipped off there. You send him all the way out to the lowly Phoenix, Arizona. Next thing you know, they run in the West, baby. He's in the perfect place. CP3 is going to be CP3. He's a grinder. Grinders and vets don't mix. Mm. That's why him and Blake Griffin always had their beefs because he was always getting on Blake about what Blake wasn't going to do. And Blake was like, look, I'm the star. <laughs> right. Mm. He goes to Houston and he tries to whip them into shape. Man, like, hey, hard. I'm like, who the hell you think you are? That's my team. I asked you to come here. He's with a bunch of young players that have no playoff experience. That one established themselves as legit team in the NBA, a great coach that he has an affinity for, who he played for for New Orleans, and right. they letting him be himself and take these young boys just like he did in Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City didn't mind having them there. The mm -hmm. problem was they wanted to rebuild, and they knew if they kept them there, they was going to the playoffs. <laughs> wow! So, so they moved them because they wanted to rebuild. So he's in a perfect spot. I don't know if it's smart for him. He, have y'all heard? He's going to decline his forty-two million dollar option this year yep. in hopes of signing a three-year, seventy to eighty million dollar contract. Yo, CB3, if you keep balling the way you balling, take that forty-two. You get another two years and thirty million after that. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> he's probably looking for some security. He's wondering why a guy of his caliber has kind of been bounced around the way he has. And with very similar to LeBron, he's ending, getting towards the end of his career. He's living out on the West Coast, looking at the second phase of his life. If I can get established somewhere, 
still pump out these State Farm commercials that happen to show every other commercial break. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, well, you know, CP, there's there's rumblings that he he's he's not the easiest guy to get along with. Of course. So maybe that, rumblings, true story. He yeah. tell you that. So maybe that has something to do with you know him you know bouncing so to speak bouncing around. Um, He's a boss. They 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 scared because he wants to. He does just he just doesn't want his paycheck. I want to go deep in the finals. That's why he tends to bump his head with certain individuals, just like Jimmy Butler bumped his head with a certain with a you know a whole bunch of people. When you get an individual on the team where the check is not enough, I'm actually here to do a job. They gonna bump head with people. Them dogs always do. So anywhere he goes, uh, uh, he runs the risk of bumping heads with people. It worked out so perfectly in Phoenix because they were ready as well. A lot of them kids been there for a little while, and mm-hmm. CP3 was the guy to kind of push them over that hump. They needed an old head. Mm-hmm. CP3 probably showed even their four, five, six year vets how to be proper vets. This is right. how you eat. This is how you train. This is how you go home and don't go to the club and stay involved with your kids. Be a good husband to your, you know, it's no telling the type of uh, a vibe he's giving those guys, grooming and maturing them. I, if he stays in Phoenix, if Phoenix is smart, the city need to cough up. Forget just the sons. <laughs> <laughs> they need to cough up some money. Keep that man in there so he can not only one just shock the world this one time, and people call it the flute because that's what people do. They have, I think, the Phoenix. Lord have mercy. The Phoenix Suns have an opportunity to completely change the culture that they've had. Mm, I if agree. They, if they keep him there, they can. Because nobody yeah. wants to go to Phoenix. They I had P three the way they did. So it's interesting. Uh, let's move on to that le- to that last series. Utah won the first two at home. Clippers have been doing what they've been doing in the playoffs. They win when they get at home. Oh. So it's 2-2. I will say, Paul George oh. has shown up the last two games. What? But the, but the difference has been Kawhi. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Kawhi has been dominant. Oh. But did y'all notice that he tweaked that right knee? Yeah, right. near the end of the game. Yeah, right. now you can't say Kawhi, all right? Because remember, Kawhi do if Kawhi got something tweaked, Kawhi don't like playing. Okay, and so that could be a problem. I mean, look, Kawhi and Paul George—they won the game. The Clippers won the game, but it's not like it's not like they dominated Utah. Utah, I believe, lost the game themselves. And this is when this is this is one of the games that I was this is one of the games that I was totally disgusted with because like I said, out of the total shots, 55% of the total shots that Utah took were three-pointers. And for the Clippers, 48% of their total shots were three-pointers. Kawhi was nine for 19 that game. Paul George was his his, his shooting percentage was close to that. It's that's just it's just bad basketball, man. They like I said, they won the game, but I think I believe Utah shot themselves in the foot by shooting three, kept shooting three pointers, three pointers, three pointers, three pointers. Live by the shoot by the three, die by the three. There you go. Yep. It's all analytics. If you can shoot 35% from three, that's like shooting 55% from two. 
Mm-hmm. Who shoots 55% from two? Centers. Well, no, not, not even centers. And not even centers these days. But we do need to, you know, give Kawhi his little props about what, what he did. Did y'all see this play? Yes, sir. <laughs> oh. Oh. Nice. Yo, that, that wasn't nice what he did to that old vet. That wasn't nice. <laughs> That's how you do it. <laughs> yeah. Don't dunk on him. Put your chest in the rail. Yeah, that was ugly. Yeah, Kawhi's taking over just like he took over the last series at the end. So if his knee can hold up and Paul George can show up, the key is, Paul George got to show up once on the road for them to get this series. And if you've watched the games, and I spoke about this last week, Paul George will show up in the first half Mm -hmm. on the road. Mm -hmm. Second half, Paul George getting a little – quit Paul that. If you look at the numbers, that's that's a great thing. Numbers can lie. If you look at the stat sheet, oh, Paul had 24. Paul had six assists. He had seven rebounds. He had a good game. Oh, All Paul had 17 half. in the first half. <laughs> <laughs> he had All five assists and four rebounds. Paul was a no-show in, that, in the third and fourth quarter. So. But he shot 9-20. That's not a good game to me. Uh-huh. I, I feel you. But that's what they want him to shoot. Because if he doesn't shoot, then that means that brings everybody to Kawhi. And, and quite honestly, the Clippers – really don't have a whole lot. Everybody says they're the deepest team. I hear that a lot. They got a lot of role players that only seem to play when they at home. I mean, let's look at Marcus Morris. He, he hit. Like player he go, he go six for nine in L.A. He go to Utah. He go two for four, two for seven. Mm. Mm. So. I think Utah needs to find somebody else to take some pressure off of Mitchell because Mitchell, uh, again, he was like nine for 27 or 30, whatever it was, he, a ridiculous amount of shots. And Clark's, and, and Clark's the, the sixth man, he's always been a volume shooter. He's never really had a high – he's never really been a, a high percentage shooter, um, although he did win a six-man award this year. This year I have to give, give him his props. But, but – um, they're the two main scorers on on Utah's team. I mean, they, um, they need Conley to run the show, just like Professor just pumped up there. Conley kept that ball flowing, so it wasn't all on Donovan. Mm-hmm. But he he dealing with a hamstring, another deal, dude dealing with a hamstring. So, all right, but he's playing though, but he's playing. He ain't stopping because of a, a um a injury. He's on the court. Nah, he ain't playing. Yeah, he missed a couple games. I, I don't I no, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about Donovan Mitchell. I'm talking about Donovan. Oh Mitchell. yeah, 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 yeah. Donovan got the hurt ankle. And he's been playing through. All right, mm-hmm. so real quick, who who y'all like to finish up this series? Y'all taking Clippers or Jazz? So we can move on. I think Utah gonna get smart. They're gonna figure it out. The claw, man. Come on, stop playing. The Clippers. We know we gotta get you out of here. We gotta get you out of here, Jay Will. So we're gonna get you out of here. Who you like? Who you like so you can jump and hand your business? My heart says Utah, but I know if you get Kawhi in a closeout game, I trust him more than I trust any of those guys in Utah. So I'm gonna say Clippers. 
I, I like Utah on seventh. I think it's going to go home, and I think we're going to see playoff Pete show up in game seven. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> All right, man. Yo, Jay Wills, good Thanks, seeing you, brother. We appreciate you jumping in. Go yes, handle sir. your family family duties. We'll see you. Be safe. Be safe traveling, and we'll holler at you in a week or two. Absolutely. Absolutely. Peace. All right, fellas, let's talk a little UFC. Uh, I don't know if y'all got a chance to, to watch this weekend, but I, I got to say, the people who thought that Israel Adesanya was uh, done or because they saw him lose the match at 205 by a bigger, stronger guy who was able to keep him down on the mat, oh, they must have forgot because hmm. he put on a show. Master show, bobbing, weaving, hitting. He almost looked like a boxer. He jabbed, hit him with a two-piece, stepped back. I was like, damn, that looked good. <laughs> damn, that looked good. And, and I mean, it was, a, it was a total whitewash. He didn't finish it, but he also didn't want to take any, any risks. So, Adesanya, easy victory over Marvin Vittori. He says he's thinking about maybe going back up to 205 in the future, but I, I, I hope he just stays at 185 and do his thing because unless he's going to take a year off to add those 20 pounds, it, it just doesn't seem right. Well, who's he going to go up to 205 and fight? Uh-huh. Rematch with the champion. He, he, he really wants to fight. John Jones, but John Jones is going. He he's going up to heavyweight. So, Adesanya can't. He don't want to fight Jones. So we will see. Shout out to Brandon Moreno. This was also a rematch fight. He got he got immediate rematch for the title, taking on Davidson Figueroa, and Brandon Moreno, Mexico's first born. And residing UFC fighter to win a UFC belt dominated his fight in the co-main event. And in a scramble, ended up getting the back of Davidson Figueroa and literally got that rear naked choke, cinched it in, and he had to do this. Oh. <laughs> Get off me. <laughs> Get off me. I'm done. So, I mean, that was a technical matchup, and that's one of those perfect examples of you get a second chance to fight the same guy, you make adjustments, the guy who won didn't, and the fight's easy. But the fight of the night, Brandon Riddle and Drew Dauber, they actually were the main event of the pre- fight schedule that was on ESPN. If you just want to see two dudes stand in the ring and punch each other in the face <laughs> and see who who going to fall first, do do yourself a favor, YouTube Riddle versus Dauber UFC 263. It it was crazy how how much punishment these two good guys take. Neither one of them a championship material but it was definitely interesting. If you like to see carnage, it was a good fight to watch. 
And last but not least, my boy Leon Edwards. He, he was fighting the crowd favorite, uh, uh, Mr. Nate Diaz, uh, Stockton's own, Mr. Cool. Everybody loves him because he just one of them old school. You, if he wasn't fighting in the UFC, you fight, you see Nate Diaz fighting in backyard street ball fights. That's the kind of guy he is. He beat this man for four rounds, four minutes, and in the last minute, he got a little relaxed and got caught with a one-two and had to run, hold, and survive <laughs> in order to get out of that fight alive. So, again, great fight. I, w I, w I do have to tell y'all, though, I was scared. Fighters walking down, touching people's hands, walking into the ring, packed arena, mm. no mask to be found anywhere. Mm, mm, mm. I, 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 I still ain't comfortable with it. Oh, yeah, I got to give a shout out to Eric Anders, former University of Alabama, starting uh, defensive end football player. Uh, he beat Darren Stewart, who is a top 10 ranked. Uh, Middleweight, but they were fighting a light heavyweight. Good job. And also, wasn't on the UFC card, but shout out to Clarissa Shields. The, the boxing queen made her first MMA debut on uh, Professional Fight League, PFL, Thursday. And she was fighting a young lady who had been practicing jujitsu for 13 years and been a professional fighter for like six. Mm. And she did what she was supposed to do. Grabbed her, put her down to the ground. She held her on the ground for most of the first round and a good percentage of the second round. Third round, they told Clarissa, you got to knock her out to win. And she went out there, tried to knock her out. And the, and the young lady tried to grab her, grab the leg. She pushed her head down. And then just started wailing with her right hand. <laughs> She's like, I'm not letting you take me there. Oh. They had to stop the fight. Her court, you can hear her corner telling her, let her up, let her up. You got her, you got her. Don't go down. She's like, uh-uh, I'm going, you will pay for this. <laughs> trying to embarrass me in national TV. So, I mean, it was a good good night. But uh, I can't wait for uh, the next UFC. The next big UFC is July. And we get we got the rematch with your boy Conor McGregor. I think it'll be his last fight in the UFC. So he just won't let it go, will he? Won't let it go. Uh -uh. He, he making too much money, man. Uh -huh. Even though he made, even though he made two hundred million dollars selling that uh, whiskey, but it ain't enough for him. Y'all have anything to add about UFC? Uh -uh. I know you was busy over the weekend, Ed, getting prepared to do what you need to do. So, all right, let's move on. NHL, New York Islanders. Trots. People, people say coaching doesn't really <laughs> matter in professional sports. That's a perfect example. The Capitals didn't want to pay that man. $500,000 more a year. That's all it would have taken to keep him in Washington after winning the cup. Mm. And now he's with the Islanders. He's taking to the playoffs every year. 
and they beat the Bruins 4-2, one game six easy. Uh, they go, they take on the Tampa Bay Lightning, who beat the Carolina Hurricanes 4-1. And then New York Islanders win game one. Uh, uh, uh. It was 2-1, but it wasn't even that close. It was 2-0 to with like a minute left in the third period. Islanders dominated the game. They're trapping in the neutral zone, making it real hard for the lightning wings to uh, get loose. And, man, Trotz is doing his thing. And their goalie's playing great, great defense. Who happens to be a former capital? Yeah, but don't sleep on don't sleep on Tampa Bay. Don't sleep on Tampa Bay. Don't think they're just gonna lay lie down and um and let uh the Islanders win this series. Tampa Bay gonna come back. Watch what I tell you. I agree. They defend the champions. You never mm-hmm. count out a champion. Never count yeah. out a champion. That's but right. I mean, it, it, it's, it, it's gonna one. be tough. It, it's just game one. Just and game hockey, one. all you need is your, your goalie to get hot, and you got a shot. Yep. So let's go ahead. Ed. No, that's it. Goalie, the, the next the next series will tell you that. Yes, sir. The Vegas Golden Knights. <laughs> four straight. Four straight against Colorado, man. I cannot believe this. I thought you wanted uh Vegas to win, Ed. No, nah, no, no. He was calling Colorado. I called Vegas. I said I Colorado because they were playing <laughs> games, they were playing games with Flory. The Vegas game, Vegas wasn't playing Flory exclusively. Mm-hmm. Since he's been playing exclusively, they've turned the series around. Mm-hmm. But I honestly thought Colorado was going to win regardless. I I, I, I admit that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they come back, and I mean, they get game one. Vegas is hot, and a, another arena. Pat, have y'all mm-hmm. seen the crowds at in Las Vegas for the for the hockey? Yep. I mean, they going crazy. That atmosphere is unbelievable, and at least the players are protected by glass. There, but I mean, that joint is going. I wouldn't want to play in that arena at all. I want to go sit in that arena? <laughs> Better yet, play in it. <laughs> so they take game one with Montreal. Um, Again, I like Vegas. I think Vegas is going to knock off Montreal. I give Canadians because they are a legacy franchise. I'll give them maybe two. I think I think Vegas is going to win this 4-2. They might do a gentleman sweep 4-1, but I like Vegas coming out of this. As I told you before, I thought the winner of the Vegas-Colorado matchup is going to end up winning the cup, and we will see. But Trots and New the Islanders. Huh? Don't sleep on Tampa Bay. Okay. You think Vegas can take out Montreal? Yeah. Oh, I got to go with Vegas now because they eliminated who I thought was going to win. I have no choice. Yeah. I, I, but I like, like I said, I like the goalie for Vegas. I mean, it, I have a history with him. So, I mean, I'm. Mark Andrew Flory is a bad man. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm a roll with Vegas. I mean, I don't like. I said I don't have a choice. They they eliminated the Avalanche, so I'll go with I'll go with Vegas. Hey, hey. So for you puckheads like myself, keep keep tuning. 
we we got two great series, hopefully, and then we get to play for the for, for the cup, which is the greatest sports trophy I think I've seen. Just the the reverence that they give to that cup, and nobody wants to touch it before they actually win it. And so it, I, I I love that. All right, it's time to switch up to the sweet science. Your boy Shakur Stevenson put on a show last weekend. He was fighting out in Vegas. He's fighting uh, Jeremiah near Kilter. Near Kilter basically had one punch, a right hook that he was trying to wind up all night. And Shakur tried to, you know, step to him a couple of times, tried to get him out of there. But he he got caught twice. And you know what? He said, I am not going to do what Devin Haney did two weeks ago when he was beating the man down, dominating the fight, and tried to get cute and tried to knock a guy out and almost got knocked out himself. Mm -hmm. I'm smarter mm -hmm. than that. So I'm going to go ahead and, you know, outbox you and win every round. So. Shakur Stevenson, easy, 120-107 victory. But I think the big thing about this fight, which is nice that I want to get y'all's point about, is um, this victory sets up a, a matchup for Shakur to win the 130-pound uh, junior lightweight championship. The issue is... One champ is Jamel Herring. That's actually his stablemate. Both of them train in Terrence Crawford's boxing gym. Bud. And they boys. Uh -huh. The other champ, Oscar Valdez, who is who Shakur has been calling for, who's also on top rank, but it seems like top rank doesn't want them two to fight right away. It's all about that chatter. Top rank is trying to force Stevenson to fight Herring later this year, and then the winner of that to fight Valdez. So I think that's kind of foul. You're going to make two friends fight when he's obviously calling out the other champion. What's your thoughts on that? It's, yep. it's a money move. It's a money move. I mean, it is a money move, but that's what's wrong with boxing, man. There's nobody's good. No, there's no really, there's no unified governing body, or, or there's no head, no, there's no alliances or allegiances or anything like that. It's just, it's just like the Wild West, uh -huh. you know. And and it's it is political. Every fight is political, you know. It's just it's it it's tiring. You never see the fights you want to see. <clears throat> it, it's you know, and you have to literally go to court. Like the other day, I was seeing uh, uh, Wilder and uh, Fury weighing in. Didn't say two words to one another. And I'm like, okay. You know, they had to literally go to court to get that fight. And they right. had a clause. And they had a rematch clause. So right. boxing is great. I actually like boxing, you know, more than the UFC. But you never see the fights that you want to see in boxing. Uh -uh. You Never. <laughs> it's all about that money, bro. They want to control who gonna fight who and who gonna get the money. That's what that's all about. And then people get mad at Floyd when Floyd took things into his own hands instead of letting the promoter control him. And that's what I like about Devin Haney. Devin Haney promotes his own fights. Uh, 
But see, he's under the Devin Haney promotion. But the problem with that is when it's time for him to fight the big fights, right? He's got to deal with the other promotion company, and are they going to be willing to deal with him? Which is again why UFC has grown so much and boxing has been slowly declining, especially since Floyd. And don't forget, Floyd was an outlier. He did right. his own thing. He did his own thing and was still able to make money. But a lot of times, boxers, um, when they go that route, they lose millions because they're either shut out or right. they just don't, or they they just can't get the fights that you know that that generate that type of money by doing their own promotions. Mm -hmm. So it's like you danged if you do, you danged if you don't. But I like I said, Floyd, for whatever reason, he was he he was able to to work the system in his favor. But that doesn't always happen in boxing. That was yeah, great. You you got to be the elite of the elite to make that happen. And I think Shakur Stevenson is that type of cat where I think if he puts pressure on top rank and says, no, I'm not going to fight Herring. I want Valdez and I, I want you to make it happen. I think he could put the pressure on Valdez to, on, on top rank to make that fight happen. Time because yeah, top see. rank put the squeeze on Jamel Herring and told Jamel Herring, uh, with the boxing sanction, I think he has the WBO belt. The WBO said, Oh, you got to fight uh, the winner of the Stevenson Nakia fight, or we're going to strip you of your belt. And I'm sure Top Rank was behind that because if Top Rank ain't wanted to happen, it wouldn't happen. So it's just the same, just the same. But we will see. For you fight fans, this Saturday, you got a monster setup. You've got it was supposed to be four fight cards. We're getting the one that dropped off, but we still got three legitimate fight cards happening this week, Saturday, June nineteenth. And for you exhibition fans out there who like to see the old heads, there's even one of those out there for you. And, and just about the exhibitions, I just got to point out, money still making money. That that SMA needs going to. After that pay-per-view with Jake Paul, they got a million buys, the highest fight. That's 200,000 more buys than uh, Fury um, Wilder. Wilder 2 got. 200,000 more buys at $50 a pop mm -hmm. than the heavyweight championship rematch got. Well, that's, WWE is popular, so, you know, you, that, that doesn't surprise me. Mm -hmm. Your boy Floyd got ten million to show up, just to show up. He's bragging that he sold thirty million dollars in endorsements. I know Floyd it gets a little extravagant, so let's cut that in half. Let's just say fifteen. But he got fifty percent of the pay per view money. Wow! And it ain't hard to do that math. Wow! Fifty dollars a million. That fifty million dollars. Chop that in half. So he got 25 million from pay-per-view, 10 million to show up. And if he was lying and cut it in half, Floyd made $50 million to fight a bump. Mm -hmm. That ain't even a real boxer. Amazing. Only in America. Yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. So let's talk about this Saturday's fight card. For you boxing fans, and I am one, and I will tell you, I'm gonna be home watching boxing. Uh, my wife and daughter are gonna be out of town, so I'm gonna be glued to the sets ESPN regular ESPN you got Nanoa Nanoi Inoyu 
AKA the little monster. He's going to put his 118 pound IBF and WBA titles on the line against Michael uh, Desmarnis. But also on that card, America's own Michaela Meyer puts her 130 pound junior lightweight title on the line against Erica Ferris. So you've got two title bouts on ESPN, regular TV. I think they kick off at 10. Great fights. If you can't watch them live, hit them on DVR. We were supposed to have Teofomo Lopez mm-hmm. on Triller Pay-Per-View this weekend, but unfortunately, Teofomo was in Las Vegas watching the Shakur Stevenson fight when his fight was happening in Miami, flew back to Miami, got tested, and uh-oh, we're still in the pi- pandemic, folks. What you doing? You just messed up a whole bunch of money. Uh, uh, uh. So that fight card has been pushed. They say it's supposed to happen on August 14th, but they say T.O. is symptomatic. And as we've seen, not everybody that actually develops symptoms from COVID recover uh, right away. There's some things out there called long haulers, so this fight may never happen. So we will see. Speedy recover. Wish him nothing but the best, but if you got a fight in a week, you supposed to be in camp. Stay you behind where you supposed to be. Just stupid. Just stupid. Showtime. The older brother by what seven minutes? Mm-hmm. Jamal Charlo puts his 160 pound WBC middleweight title on the line against Juan Marcos Mattel. And Mattel been talking mad trash about what he going to do to Charlo. Don't and them Charlo up. boys ain't nothing to be be messed with. So uh, I'm looking forward to this. I might watch that one live, take the ESPN one, because that, that should be real interesting. Um, I, sh- I saw, uh, you know, Showtime used to do the pre-fight cut-ups with Floyd and all that. They did a little bit on Charlo. Charlo built a 10,000-square-foot boxing training facility in his backyard. Mm. So he he literally walks out of his house, his mansion, walks past the pool, and walks into his training facility. It's crazy. Only in Texas, I guess, you can do that kind of stuff because you know things ain't as expensive in Texas as they are up here. But we'll probably be 30, 40 million up these parts. He, he probably paid five to six million for that, but it's cool setup. And then on the zone, the zone's got uh, another female, uh, former U.S. Olympian Marlon Esparza, is getting her first title shot against uh, Ebeth Zamora, putting on her 112-pound WBC flyweight title. And Jaime Mwinga is fighting the middleweight belt. So it's a couple of good fights on. And then if you really want to get into the muck, your boy Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. is fighting Anderson Silva. He just retired. 43-year-old MMA superstar. And that ain't even the worst of it. Crying for attention. That's all that is. Julio Cesar Chavez Sr. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, why are these people doing that? Camacho Jr. Uh, uh, uh. 
like I don't understand why these people everybody wants to do exhibition. It was Tyson, you know, Tyson started, kicked it off. Then you had these 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 the, the Paul dudes missing the limelight. They they yeah. missing the limelight. They missing the limelight. They missing them checks. Didn't I just tell you that Floyd made at least fifty million dollars? Yeah, but they mm -hmm. ain't Floyd. Mike Tyson mm -hmm. made twenty five million dollars for his exhibition, and Roy made like fifteen. Mm -hmm. Okay, I mean, yeah, you they looking at the Paul Paul boys. Uh, Jake Paul, who who fought Floyd, he made ten. He's got a losing record in boxing. And his brother Jake, his last fight, I think Jake made like 30. Mm. They like these guys ain't even fighters. Mm -hmm. But they're but they're they're like flavor of the months. I mean, they're they're celebrities, so to speak. They're like they're like social media stars, you mm -hmm. know. I, I Julio Cesar Chavez fight. I don't. <laughs> yeah, they got them lights up. They got but them lights up. But if they can, just think about it. If they get 300,000 buys, and they get that in Mexico. Oh, well, yeah. With, with their names. At $30 a pop. Mm -hmm. that, that, that's like, you know, everybody can come away with a couple of million dollars, and they shouldn't be making a dime. It's making a mockery out of boxing to me, but some people, you know, like it. Obviously. Co coming up next week in a big fight, I hope everybody makes it to the bout. Mario Berrios, the 140-pound WBA title, junior welterweight title holder, putting his belt on the line against Javante Tank Davis. Tank mm. is going up. His last fight was at 130, even though he's – probably more legitimately at 135. He's bouncing up to 140 to try to win his junior welterweight championship belt. And they talking mad trash. Barrio said, boy, you made a mistake coming up here. You mm. too small. Mm. You too slow. Mm. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. So, so June is going in with a bang. And then July... You got a bunch of fights coming up, including round three uh, of the heavyweight mess. So, it, hey, got to love boxing. Next month, we are going to do a special uh, boxing show. Uh, I, I'm going to uh, get my boy Queensbury Tony on with me. And so anybody else wants to jump in, we're going to talk boxing to get ready for July and August. Because, I mean, in August, uh, you, you got the senator soon to be president, you know, Getting his last payday because I think he he didn't bump his head when he decided to fight who he gonna fight. So, gotta love boxing. Mm. All right, a couple other things that caught our attention over the weekend. We gotta give a shout out to Novak Djokovic. He won a second French Open, came back from two sets down for the second match in three matches allowing him to win his second Grand Slam, that's all four majors, twice in his 19th major. He's only one major behind the what everybody would think is the greats of the greats, Roger and Rafa. Hey, do we have to start maybe possibly saying that 
Raja and Rafa aren't the greatest. Maybe they the greatest. Rafa's obviously the greatest clay quarter of all time. Period. He's won th 13 French Open titles. Rogers won eight Wimbledons. He's probably the greatest grass court player of all time. But he's also won six Australian, five U.S. Open. His problem was the clay. Now, no Novak's done something that neither one of them done. Mm -hmm. Is he the GOAT? I don't know if he's the GOAT, but he's up there with him. Right. I mean, this room, I mean, everyone's... It's it's okay to have more than one, you know. I feel you. Everyone can't be the goat. Like it's okay to share the spotlight. You know, everybody can't be. I mean, even Tiger shares it with Jack. Mm -hmm. So everybody, you. you know, so I'm saying. So it's oh. okay. It's okay. Joke. Obviously, Jokovic. He obviously he's in that category. He's in that conversation. I, I mean, he re, he beat Rafi on his way to this to, to the exactly. Title. Yeah, exactly. So he beat him in France. So that's saying something. All yeah. records are made to be broken. So at yeah. any given day, keep that. And they're in all mind. the same age. They're all right. relatively, you know, one or two, maybe three years apart. So yeah, Djokovic is actually the youngest of them. So yeah. he's theoretically got more in the tank, and he's the odds-on fa favorite to win Wimbledon again this year. If he wins Wimbledon, he got a chance to actually get the legit Grand Slam because he's been winning the U.S. Open multiple times. So. Mm -hmm. Also got a shout out, uh, Barbara Krychik. She did something that hasn't been done since 2000. She won the women's single as an unseated player and then backed that up the following day, winning the women's doubles championship, which was her fourth Grand Slam doubles title. She is the number one doubles player in the world, just regaining that with the win. But I mean that that's a heavy load. You don't see too many players, top level players playing singles and double still. So shout that's out, it. shout out, shout out. That's in Serena. Yeah, and it's it's been been a while. I think the last person to do the double was uh Mary Pierce, and she also did it at the French Open. Um for you fans of Olympic sports. Starting this week, the U.S. swimming trials are on NBC, primetime, finals, the track and field start this weekend. We're going to get geared up. The Olympics is supposed to happen next month, third week in July. The, the people who are the organizers saying it's happening, period. There's some people that's running the country that's saying, ah, I don't know, but I think it's too late to pull the plug when you got all these countries get ready to ship their athletes to Japan. So, what'd you say? Ain't no way, huh, Jay? There's no way. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, no. as much as I, 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 as a person, like to compete, it's just too much of a risk. Shoot. The citizens don't want the athletes there. They're like, you're going to bring how many thousands of people here from all over the world? And Tokyo already, Tokyo is the largest by population. It's the largest city in the world. So you're already dealing with like 45 million people mm -hmm. on top of people coming in from all around the world. 
who knows if they got vaccinated. Now, maybe they may have a requirement that all athletes need to be vaccinated. But then you got people that getting getting vaccines from, you know, they getting China vaccines. They getting, you know, Russian vaccines. Right. You know, everybody ain't getting the same, you know, quality or type of vaccine. Nah. Nope. Yeah. I pass. And, and lastly, uh, college football uh, committee recommends to the college football board that the college football playoffs should be expanded from four to twelve. That's a whole nother show that we're gonna get into later on in the summer. But what's your favorite saying, J three? Mm. When they try to change something, what's it about? It's all about that money, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so we will get into that. But that was that was just last year. These same people said that the college football playoff wasn't changing for the term of the contract, which still has, I think, five or six more years left on it. Now, all of a sudden, they want to go from four to 12. Wow. Waste of time. Wow. Well, usually this time we would get our post takes, um, but we will look forward to that next week with the professor. If he has time to, you know, get back with us, it's going to be real, real interesting to see his takes on the college football playoff expansion when we get there. But they're talking about making more money than the NCAA basketball tournament with this expansion in football. It's crazy. All right, fellas. It's been a good show. I probably talked more than I should have this this week. Didn't give y'all ample opportunity to share your positions, but it's time for us to get out of here. So let's get to our final post. Uh, J3, what you got for us? Yeah, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Simone Biles. Um, she did a, uh interview on 60 Minutes this past Sunday um, expressing the, uh, the situation and how she feels not only about uh, the sport and the Olympics, but also about the incident that took place as an as a, uh, athlete with the, uh, with the doctor that she had to deal with. And so I, I, I applaud her um, being honest and candor and expressing how she feels, um, how, how the, uh, the Olympics are not actually um, doing everything that they can to stop this from happening to other athletes. So shout out to Simone Biles. Good take, good take, good take. Ed, what you got for us? Yeah, um, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna switch up my final post. Um, I, although I want, I want everybody to stay safe uh, and do what you got to do to protect yourselves and your family. But this comes from uh, one of our listeners. BJ asked about Le'Veon Bell being a potential backup to uh, 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 Najee Harris in Pittsburgh. We don't need those type problems. He, we had, he had an <laughs> Le'Veon Bell had an opportunity to, to play in Pittsburgh, and he chose to sit out a year for nothing. Uh, he, ever since he's come back, he's been nothing but trash um as as a player um he throws his coaches under the bus we don't need that type of problem we don't need that type of problem in pittsburgh we we already have enough problems to deal with uh namely uh, uh talent along the offensive line we don't need any more problems um and, and an aging quarterback so no no a hard no to uh bail making a triumphant return to pittsburgh nobody in pittsburgh wants him or else he had been signed by now um so there you go, BJ. Oh, that's funny. That is funny. I I think uh I think Le'Veon might have uh talked himself out of the NFL with his comments this past week. Uh 
uh, that he tweeted about he would never play for one of the most likable coaches there is in the NFL, Andy Reid. And then when people went in at him, he said, you know, uh, you, you can't say what that man said to me. So makes it seem like Andy Reid said something to him that may have been racial or something. Yeah, but I, I ain't never heard anything like that about, about man, Andy Reid. Andy Reid gave Michael Vick an opportunity to play following prison. Michael Vick got sent to prison for dog fighting. Dogs are humans in this country. And he did, and he gave that man an opportunity when no one, no one in else in the league would. Andy Reid, I don't know. I'm sure he he has flaws. We all do. But one thing he you you can't attack that man's character because he's given black he's given black quarterbacks opportunity after opportunity and not shy about it. He's in fact he prefers well, he he prefers black quarterbacks. Right. Look at his record. So right. you attack Andy Reid for what? And Levy on he done lost reality. <laughs> yeah, so I hope the money, I hope he saved his money because yeah, I think he's done with the NFL. Nobody wants them headaches. I just like to give a shout out uh real quick, Katie Ledecky, uh Bethesda's own making her uh second or third NFL, I mean not NFL, uh US Olympic team, uh smoking everybody in the 400. But more importantly, Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps has been at the swim trials this week with his beautiful family. But what he's doing to promote uh, athletes' mental health specifically, but mental health in general for all is phenomenal. Considering all the things he went through post-Olympics and post-retirement to see where he's taken his passion and put it in a positive place. Shout out. And if more people start listening to these athletes, we wouldn't have had these issues like the French Open with Naomi Osaka, who had the nerve after they tried to clean it up to say, well, we did what was right. You know, we had to, you know, set the example and standard. We tried to, you know, communicate with Naomi, but they wouldn't communicate with us the way we wanted to. So it was right for us to get all of the grand slams together and, you know, make our statement, but we're sorry she's having uh, emotional issues. I hope she gets well soon so she can come back and play for us and make us all money. Come on now. Come on now. People need to, you know, these, these athletes continue taking the position that you are the product and you have control. And if something isn't right, speak up. You won't lose all the money that the athletes used to do. All right, folks, I'm going to get off my soapbox with that. As always, we'd like to thank you all for tuning in and listening. We greatly, greatly appreciate the opportunity you give us each and every week to share our positions on sports with you. Each and every Tuesday, 7 p.m., you may see two, three, four, five of us. We love doing the show. It is a, a, a passion project for us. Uh, if you have suggestions, if you have opinions, by all means, you can drop your comments during the live show or shoot us an a email, uh, email. Hit us up on social media, Positions on Sports Talk Show, our Facebook page, our YouTube page. You can hit us up on Instagram uh, at Positions on SPO1. Leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. We're always trying to get bigger and better. 
and give you the content that you want to hear. And if you can't listen to us live or you know some people that might be interested in the show but can't catch us on Tuesdays live, hey, let them know. If they listen to podcasts, they can listen to the show. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, all the podcast platforms. Just have them search positions on Sports Talk Show, and we're there. Each and every week, we love it. We appreciate you. We'll see you next Tuesday, 7 p.m. Peace. See ya.